0: Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition, the 22nd edition of the PEM podcast, Psychic Eye Mystery Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Laurie, with my fabulous sister, Sandy, um, my sidekick in not crying. She doesn't do crying. I my, do sidekick not do crying. In, <laughs> my sidekick in all things positive and happy and rainbows, double rainbow all the way. <laughs> what? What? what uh, don't you remember that uh the youtube guy he was on youtube no. he was high as a kite and he was seeing a double rainbow and he was like laughing and crying it was like the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen and he just kept saying double rainbow all the way you have to google it i will send okay. you the link i will send you thank the link. you yeah it's adorable but weird um okay and then he passed away so oh, he's no. now in the double rainbow all oh, the that's very sad very sad but he's on the other side so it's good okay <laughs> That's
1: a great start
0: right um, okay, so we've got uh, we've got some good stuff today. we've got some good stuff today. I don't really have an anecdote to share um, like mostly because the readings I've been doing have been terrific but like nothing is super unusual. The only the only one that I had, last night actually that kind of stood out to me was I read for a woman in Singapore and her great grandfather came through and was um, actually from a different country. I think he was from Malaysia, I can't remember. Um, And so um, when he stepped forward, he was um, so so like humble, polite, but also like traditional, you know, Mm. like almost um, shy actually almost shy to make contact and he was so respectful and um you really got a sense of how he would have approached someone in his era you know Mm -hmm. and i thought it was really interesting that on the other side you kind of you not only retain your own personality but you retain a lot of the old customs that you had here um that you know you don't shed that skin that that's that your last life is still imprinted on you if you want it to be, I guess, um, imprinted upon up, up you on the other side for at least a period of time. Which, wow. you know, the more I kind of peek in through that little peephole of the other side, the more fascinating it becomes because it's such a much bigger world, much bigger by exponentially than I ever even imagined. And there's a mm-hmm. whole concept that we have that like when we crossover, we're playing harps and, you know, floating on a cloud. It's just, it's such a sad, um sort of uh I don't know fairy tale of what it's like it's that's not what it's like on the other side there's there's life on the other side like real active fun traveling exploring flying without without an airplane you know if you just think you want to fly you can fly all that good stuff so it's really super duper fascinating and I thought today in, in light of like a longer anecdote what I could could offer Um, our listeners and our viewers is if you want to contact a loved one on the other side, first of all, they can hear everything that you say to them, even in your mind, they can't hear your thoughts in general. So they're not walking around, you know, hovering around telepathically, (laughs) picking up, you know, you in the bedroom. Um, But if you um, uh, pray to them or speak to them or think of them, they hear it. So there's like a a cone of silence until you break it by thinking of them or speaking to them either out loud or in your thoughts. So um, a lot of people, when I'm wrapping up, a um, reading with them. A lot of people are like, "Will you tell so and so I love them?" And it's like, "Well, they just heard you." So
1: yeah. um, you I need... say it all the time. Do you? Will you tell so and so I love? them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. Them. I'm like, I'm like because you have that special secret, okay. like you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Fine. Um, yeah. Uh, so you don't need you don't need a mutu- uh, medium to communicate that way you might need a medium to communicate from them to you. But if you, you know, don't, don't have the money, the time, the, or you know, someone that you trust uh, to make that connection, you absolutely can reach out to the other side. My suggestion is just to write them a love letter and see if they don't write back. And what I mean by that is like, see if like words don't form in your head as if um, they were speaking them to you um, and write it down write it down. And these thoughts are going to come and they may make, they may feel like they're coming from you, but if you just kind of go with it, if you just sort of let yourself go with it and don't try and edit and don't try and put in a different word than the one that you're hearing in your mind's eye uh, or in your mind, um, you may find, as you go back and read it, that it's it's the handwriting has changed and the message sounds very much like that. Um, So that's my, it's called, it's a form of automatic writing. Um, I'm sure you can look into it. There are books that have been written on automatic writing, um, lots of books. Um, but that's, that's a, a main or central way that I like to communicate with the other side is through automatic writing. That's like my personal, that's how I communicate with our clan, you know, with my grandmother, with our grandmother, Sandy's and my grandmother and our grandfather um, and our uncle um, on the other side um, is to kind of write it out. Um, and they do answer, they do talk, which is really kind of cool. So anyway, so that's
1: one more quick, one more quick thing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the last time we were on our podcast, you we were talking about um, a woman whose father was showing you that he was traveling a lot and, mm-hmm. and, and encouraging her to travel. And it right. struck me that it seems to me from things I've heard from you and uh, that everybody tends to travel once they get to the other side, they, yeah. they go on an exploratory tour. Yeah. And it made me realize that that might be why? it's so joyful when they can see us traveling and planning for trips because it's something I think that sounds like it's regularly done it's It's an absolute over there
0: the two things that they like to talk to me about um are any trips that their loved one is about to take or embark on um and uh family reunions and any special events so it's um it's exactly like, you know, if you write your Christmas letter, right, to your friends and loved ones, right, you're talking about um, your plans, your plans for the future, for the immediate future, and then what you've done that's kind of special or noteworthy, so they, they love, love when we're about to travel, um, and they always let me know, yeah, we're coming, we're coming along. Um, there was a, a woman that I read for this week who um, I asked her, I said, is there a family get together, like a reunion for mom's side of the family? And she goes, or I said, in August, and she goes, that's exactly when it is. Um, my mom's side of the family is getting together in August. And I said, well, your grandfather's going to be there. Your grandmother's going to be there. Your aunt's going to be there. Mm-hmm. And then like the room just kind of filled up, <laughs> like like there were all these souls, <laughs> like basically your entire ancestral tree will be there. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so they love family reunions. They love, love it when we travel. They love to go with us. Um, and they do their own independent exploring and traveling, uh, uh, as far as the other side is concerned as well. Um, so it's 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 a really really fascinating place, the other side. And I get just little every soul that comes forward gives me a little tidbit of what what it's like over there. And it's very similar to our our existence here. Our world mirrors that in um, a big way, but in other ways it does not. Like we can't fly without. Propulsion, you know, uh, propulsion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we have to obey the laws of physics here. Chemistry and physics rule. You know, not thought. So um, it's a very interesting. It's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I'm, I'm just loving this whole mediumship stuff. It's just, it's just really, it's it's the bomb. So, if you would like to schedule a reading with me, um, please visit victorialaurie.com and click the you know schedule an appointment button, um, and I'd be happy to connect you with any relative for loss of once on the other side, and give you a future forecast. Let you know, like it's two for one, you get a two for one bang. Um, so you get to find out what your future is going to be for the next 12 months and also connect to Graham's or Graham, Grampy, or anyone else you want to connect with. So yeah, victoriallory.com. And if you like our podcast, um, ring the bell, subscribe, click the like button. Um, we love that. We absolutely love that. So Um, And it helps our algorithm, apparently. I don't know. There's something that happens behind the scene that's positive. So do that. Do all three of those. Just
1: so we're clear, she doesn't even know what the algorithm means or is, but she likes saying Some sort of complex math. (laughs) Math is hard.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. There's something going on behind the scenes. It's above, it's, the it's above my pay grade. is above my pay grade. I know what's going on on the other side. I don't know what's going on the inside. So, you know, yeah, something, some algorithm. Anyway, um, okay, so featured book. I'm really excited to present to you a book coming out in August. It is the fourth and the penultimate book in the uh, Cat and Gilly, second to last, second to last book in the Cat and Gilly Um, series. Um, uh, like coach mysteries. Um, So it's coach red handed. And um, Zan's actually helped me out a lot with this book. So um, I always appreciate her keen eagle eye to spot the typos. So if you spot a typo, it's Sandy's fault. she's supposed to catch them. That's all I can say is so that she's supposed to, you know, come up, come and clean up behind me. So anyway, um, <clears throat> okay.
1: With People Co- are vying for my job right now. I'm just, just saying.
0: <laughs> no, nobody is. Nobody's <laughs> vying for your job. Nobody. <laughs> we've, we've got that help wanted out there. There's no applicants. It's just collecting dust and cobwebs, but um, that's okay. Cause I've got the best of the best. So the help on the son comes down. Anyway, uh, with Gilly heartbroken over the collapse of his marriage, Kat has the perfect remedy, a three week long getaway to Italy well, it's actually Europe, but OK. Um, but before the duo can pack their bags and sip Prosecco on the sunny Riviera, <clears throat> they first must help a troubled client carve out a fresh start of her own. Wealthy Scarlet Ruby desperately seeks a greater purpose, and immediate distance from her toxic descendants. The urgency of the situation isn't quite clear until Scarlet takes healthy steps towards progress, only to turn up dead. The matriarch of a wealthy family has been murdered in her home after finding a new lease on life. Kat's suspicions, deep in which she discovers Scarlet, was set on cutting off her children and grandchildren, each one of them more money-hungry and dependent on financial support than the last. As Kat and Gilly investigate a slew of sketchy alibis and concrete motives from the corrupt Ruby clan, they soon realize it's not who had a deadly vendetta against Scarlett, it's who didn't. Dum, dum, dum. so yeah it's a fun book did you write that that was good <laughs> I did not write it no and like there's so much in here that's like that's just I know because it's good I didn't write it that's why I wrote the book <laughs> but not the back did I did I I don't think I did no I don't that's think hilarious. I did Hilarious. yeah no we don't write authors don't write their their, their back cover stuff that's left to someone Who's above my pay grade?
1: Who did not write read the book clearly? <laughs>
0: no, they didn't. Well, you know, when it was written, it was written when I submitted an outline. So, because I'm last minute Lori, so if I'd been on time, it probably would have been more accurate. But um, anyway, they're headed into like more Belgium, France area than Italy, and um, yeah, there's, it's a little off, but it, you get the idea. It's
1: it's a great book though. Lots of yeah. fun to read. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. All right. All right. Let's get to our mystery. This one says they're all sad, but this one's oh, it's heartbreaking. This one's really sad.
1: So, so. this is the fourth in, in our series of um, why you should never go on a cruise. I'm just kidding. Uh, but this is a, another um, unfortunate situation where someone passed away on a cruise um, from um, the United States into Mexico. And the young woman who passed away, his name was Ashley Barnett. And she died from an apparent drug overdose while on a three-day carnival cruise to celebrate her 25th birthday. And, uh, Ashley was not a drug user. She was, she lived a very clean life. So it's very mysterious as to, you know, how and why she ingested, uh, these drugs that caused her to, to die. Her mother, Ashley has been a very highly outspoken, I'm sorry, Her mother, Jamie, has been a highly outspoken advocate for cruise line passenger safety since her daughter passed away, largely because at the time of Ashley's death, Jamie could not obtain any concrete information as to what had happened to her daughter. And um, she ultimately ended up suing the cruise line carnival for the wrongful death, but she lost the case in part because of an antiquated law known as the Death on the High Seas Act, which was passed in 1920, over 100 years ago. Um, Which basically provides for compensation to families of those who died at sea through a wrongful act, like negligence, on behalf of the ship owner, but there's a catch. To receive compensation for negligence, the recipient must be financially supported by the family member that has been lost on the ship. And because Ashley was was Jamie's daughter, there was no dependency there, therefore Jamie was not able to collect um, on her wrongful death suit. So let me share with you now. In other
0: words, I'm sorry, I don't mean to step on you, but in other words, um, Ashley was, um, independent at the time of her death. Her mother was not supporting her. Correct.
1: Yeah. Did I not say that?
0: No. I guess not. Yeah. <laughs> you said because that was her daughter, there was no yeah. we'll rewind. We're we'll rewind. Okay. I'm just making it. You
1: clear. know what, what, what she said. Yeah. All right. Ashley let me share with you the story at
0: the time that she, she passed away.
1: Okay. So let me share with you the story behind, uh, Ashley Burnett. So her full name was Lila Ashley Burnett, and she was born on October 21st, 1980 in Greenville, Texas to her mom, Jamie and her father, Bill. And despite her parents' divorce, Ashley was very close to her family, including her three brothers, Cooper, Seth, and Adam, and her stepmother, Mickey, who was married to her father's, her father, Bill, And they had, uh, she also had two half sisters from that marriage, Mona and Madeline and a step brother named Chad. Ashley and her brothers relocated to Burbank, California. uh, So her mom could pursue a career as a grip manager for CBS television studios. And as a result, Ashley developed a very lifelong love of theater uh, and and music. And upon graduation from Burbank High School, she became a member of the Screen Actors Guild and quickly landed brief appearances on daytime dramas like Passions and sitcoms uh, Family Affair and Will & Grace. Anxious to keep her foot in the door, Ashley supplemented her acting career by initially working as a production assistant on Will & Grace and ultimately landed a job working as a music coordinator to film composer John Debney. Friends since the ninth grade, Ashley and her electrician boyfriend, Jeff Ginsburg boarded a carnival cruise ship, The Paradise, for a quick three-day vacation to Ensenada, Mexico, to celebrate her 25th birthday. The couple, along with a group of friends, including Jeff's brother, Keith, set sail on, on Friday, October 14, 2005, out of Long Beach. And one day into the cruise, Ashley would be found dead in her cabin from an apparent drug overdose. Everyone who knew Ashley knew that she did not use drugs and did not approve of them. And yet it was also widely known and, and understood that her boyfriend, Greg, was a recovering drug addict struggling to overcome his need for Vicodin. How and under what circumstances did a clean and sober Ashley end up dying from an overdose of methadone remains a mystery. According to Jeff, Ashley was disappointed that their cruise vacation was not turning out to be the romantic getaway that Ashley had anticipated, but instead was a nonstop scene of constant partying and drinking. On their first night of the cruise, after spending time in the ship's casino and then attending a concert, Ashley and Jeff returned to their cabin at around 2.30 in the morning, where they got into a bit of a disagreement. Ashley was tired and wanted to turn in for the night, and Jeff wanted to continue to party and return to the casino. So Jeff left Ashley to sleep and returned from his venture at the casino at around 4 a.m. He claims that he got into bed quietly so as not to disturb a sleeping Ashley and cuddled up next to her for the remainder of the night. By midday on Saturday, Jeff was ready to rejoin their group of friends for some fun in the sun, but Ashley appeared to be sound asleep. Not wanting to wake her, Jeff left their cabin and upon joining his group, he reportedly said, quote, my baby doll is still snoring. Let's let her sleep a little bit longer and we'll wake her up in a little bit, end quote. At about 2 p.m., Jeff returned to his cabin and woke and tried to wake up Ashley. But upon touching her face, he discovered a cold and lifeless body. Jeff immediately called for help at 2.07 p.m. and told the switchboard operator that his girlfriend was not breathing. Within three minutes, a nurse arrived and attempted CPR. And at 2.10 p.m., an emergency announcement was broadcast to someone the ship's doctor. At 2.12 p.m., the doctor arrived, and according to a statement, Ashley was unresponsive, cold, and no, had no pulse. At 2.45 p.m., Ashley was pronounced dead. Carnival immediately began an inv- investigation, but because the book was docked in Ensenada, the Mexican authorities boarded the ship to take over the investigation and determine if a homicide had been committed. With no obvious indication that Ashley had been murdered, her body was removed from the ship and sent to a mexican morgue for an autopsy as the paradise set sail back to california jeff was retained on the on the ship in anticipation of being questioned by us authorities when ashley's mother jamie was finally able to reach jeff via phone to determine what had happened to her daughter jeff admitted that he was missing some of his methadone and vicodin Jamie also discovered from Jeff that the cruise vacation was not in fact booked to celebrate Ashley's birthday, but instead to enable Jeff to use the time on board to detox. Apparently, he had relapsed into his Vicodin habit and had brought some methadone with him to ease his uh, addiction cravings. Jeff then admitted that he wasn't under a doctor's care during this time to detox himself. Once the ship docked in Long Beach, the FBI took over the investigation. Unfortunately, the FBI did not share details with Jamie about what they had discovered, and Jeff Ginsburg was not charged with a crime. Once Ashley's body was returned to the US, the Barnett family hired Dr. David Posey to perform an autopsy. Following his examination, Dr. Posey concluded that there were no signs of trauma and that Ashley's organs were healthy and her body was in pristine condition. Dr. Posey agreed with the findings by the Mexican authorities that Ashley had died because of the toxic effects of methadone. And methadone is highly lethal Consumption of one teaspoon can be deadly to anyone who has never been exposed to the drug. And there was no other evidence of the drug use by Ashley, which was confirmed by um, her hair when it was tested for drugs. The family later learned from a ship's incident report that Jeff had reported to the responding nurse and doctor two key things. Jeff claimed that he had had methadone and Vicodin in their cabin and considered treating Ashley for an overdose. And secondly, that Ashley had had an abortion three weeks prior to the cruise and seemed to be experiencing some periodic episodes of depression. However, she was excited about the cruise and an upcoming appointment with an agent. Jeff also later told Carnival authorities that Ashley had attempted to consume a large quantity of medication, aspirin, six months prior to the cruise. Ashley's mom, Jamie, vehemently denied that this ever happened. Another theory offered by Jean Ginsburg, Jeff's mom, claimed that Ashley had a flair for the dramatic and possibly ingested some of Jeff's drugs to persuade Jeff not to leave her alone in their cabin when he wanted to go to the casino. Still, another possible explanation may be tied to Jeff's efforts to conceal his drugs. Apparently, he hid his methadone in an over-the-counter cold medication container in order to smuggle it on board. And Jamie claims her uh, daughter wasn't feeling well before the cruise and may have inadvertently reached for the cold medication, which was actually methadone. But Jeff insists Ashley did know that he'd hidden his methadone in a cold medication um, capsule and purportedly showered her with, I'm sorry, and purportedly showed her which container he'd used to disguise his drugs. When asked if he thought Ashley could have ingested the methadone by accident, Jeff claimed not to know. Jeff stated to CBS 48 hours. I don't know what happened. I have, I'll never know. And that's, that's what I can. That's the one thing that I've come to understand or accept that is that I'll never know what happened. Asked if he felt responsible for Ashley's death. Jeff said, I don't feel responsible for her death. I know it's something I just have to live with. And I'm trying to do that now that where I'm at, you know, one year following Ashley's death in 2006, her mother, Jamie Barnett, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Carnival Cruz, claiming that the ship's medical personnel did not do everything that they could have done to save Ashley in a timely fashion. Carnival insists that they responded rapidly and appropriately, and additional rescue equipment would not have made a difference, they say, because Ashley had already died before the medical assistance was requested. According to the suit, at about 1.45 p.m. on October 15, 2005, Jeff Ginsburg ran into the hallway screaming for help. A nearby volunteer firefighter heard and started CPR on Ashley, while Jeff Ginsburg called 911. A nurse arrived at the cabin at approximately 2:10 p.m., at which time Jeff Ginsburg told her that five of his Vicodin pills were missing. The nurse called for the doctor, who was told that Jeff Ginsburg was also missing some methadone. A defibrillator was turned on at about 2:31 p.m., 20 minutes after medical help had first arrived, and Ashley was declared dead at approximately 2:45 p.m. The suit faults the doctor for failing to administer anti-overdose medication, which should have been on hand. In June, 2007, Carnival's motion to dismiss the lawsuit was granted. Unfortunately, the questions surrounding Ashley's death remain unanswered. Was she a victim of trust missing drugs? Did she unwittingly or intentionally consume the drugs? Or did someone slip or something in one of her drinks while she was partying aboard the cruise um, the night before? So what do you think happened Bea?
0: Um, I don't think Jeff told her that the methadone was in the NyQuil. I don't, I don't think he told her that at all. I think she wasn't feeling well. <clears throat> um, I think that's why she wanted to go back to the cabin, quote, unquote, fairly early to get some sleep because she wasn't feeling well. <clears throat> the girl had had an abortion three weeks prior. You know, that's not something that you necessarily recover, you know, bounce right back from. Um, it's a trauma to the body. So she probably was a little under the weather and she was probably struggling. Um, and, um, uh, I think she ingested the NyQuil to feel better and also to go to sleep. And I think, um, Jeff had cleverly, um, mixed the methadone with NyQuil, um, to get it smuggled in. So, cause methadone from what I understand is a clear liquid, um, and NyQuil has a distinct green color. So I think he you know, put methadone in like a quarter or half of the NyQuil. Um, so I don't know that she even would have tasted the difference. Um, so um, I think it was a, an absolutely tragic accident. I'm not buying for a second that she had a flair for the dramatic. I think that's bullshit. Um, I think that's Jeff's mom just kind of deflecting blame off of him. I think he's clearly responsible. Um, I do think that the trip was booked to celebrate her birthday, this whole thing about how, you know, it was booked so that he could detox. I don't think he was telling, I don't think he was honest with her. I really don't. I think it was bullshit. Um, so, you know, he can make up whatever he wants to about how he's absolved from guilt. And you can see when he's asked point blank, you know, do you feel responsible? He's like, I don't feel responsible. Really? Really? asshole. Sorry. I I have no Empathy or sympathy for this guy whatsoever. Um, I appreciate very much that caught in the throes of addiction, you do and say shit that's you know that's not great. Um, But he wasn't under a doctor's care, so how serious was he about you know um, eating off of of the Vicodin because he had Vicodin on board too. If you're if you're going to detox right, without a doctor's approval or, or um, oversight, you're not gonna bring <laughs> the drug that you're tempted to take along with the drug that's gonna um, relieve you of that, of that craving, right? And methadone is an opioid. It's just a, a milder form of opioid, basically. So um,
1: his what's th- ridiculous is he claims that somehow five of his Vicodin pills were missing. Yeah, right. I wonder where they went.
0: Yeah, come down on,
1: his, come on. Down his throat. Yeah. It's such bullshit.
0: It's such his story of everything, his story really doesn't make any sense whatsoever at all. Um, this girl would never, never have willingly ingested, um, methadone. She just wouldn't have, she absolutely wouldn't have. So I think he, I think he started lying and then just continued, um, down that path. And he's just sticking to that story because, um, he's, he's guilt. He's, he contributed to her passing. for sure. I'm sad that he wasn't And She, she was just such a promising young woman, um, you know, absolutely breathtaking, right? Just absolutely Mm -hmm. breathtaking, gorgeous, um, bright future ahead of her. When I reached out to the other side to try and, um, get to the heart of it, they basically said, she had no idea there was methadone the like, well, she ingested it and ended up on the other side by surprise, by shock and surprise as were her relatives on the other side, they were surprised to see her. So um, uh, when I, you know, I always ask um, what that, um, the victim is doing on the other side. And they um, they uh, were kind of insistent that she'd already recycled through because she, she'd been caught really in the first quarter of her blueprint of her life. And um, she still had so many things to kind of uh, fulfill. And uh, you had asked me when we discussed this case, um, uh, did she recycle through to her her cluster of family? And I felt very strongly that she is somewhere um, in the honored uh, father's side of the family, um, perhaps even with his uh, new wife, kind of those kids um, is kind of where I feel like she's targeted or she is. She might be with a cousin of his, but she is, um along the um patriarchy the patriarchal uh family line that's where I feel like she um found a way in so yeah she's still with her cluster but um more on dad's side of the family than mom's side of the family not to say that she's choosing one over the other it was just an easy access
1: um is sort of my
0: feeling so poor dear the poor dear um,
1: um, I failed to um, note my sources for this story, and I would very much like to make sure that that's included in the broadcast. Do. So, um, CBS 48 Hours: Dark Voyage, Ashley's Tale by Bill Gutata, nine twenty one oh six, and LA Times: Death on a Ship Prompts a Lawsuit by Lisa Richardson, October 13, thousand six. Thanks.
0: Awesome sauce. Thank you for getting that in. Um, yeah, we don't want to be accused of of anything. So, yeah, because I get enough flack. So
1: (laughs) we don't want Sandy to get
0: any flack at all. None, none. she's the favorite child. So, all right, guys, that concludes our uh, episode 22 of the Psychic Eye Mystery Podcast. Um, Again, victorialaurie.com is where you go to find out more about me, to book an an appointment, to look at my books, um, order my books, all that good stuff. Um, And again, if you want to comment or have a question um, either related to this um, crime, is it a crime? I don't know. This mystery. Um, please leave a comment below. Or if you have a question about anything that has to do with psychic like phenomenon or the paranormal, please ask those questions. We love answering those. Um, and uh, in all those ways. So of- I
1: wanted to go ahead. I want to say two quick things. One is uh, despite the fact that we've sort of shared some very tragic stories coming from people that have been on cruises, please consider continuing to travel and make your travel plans, no matter what they are, just buyer beware in any situation. Clearly travel is something that is celebrated by our loved ones on the other side. So it is something that we should all take part in. It's part of our, um, life experience here. And then secondly, uh, next week's podcast will be a broadcast podcast from Hawaii, uh, where one of us will be, and I'll leave it up to you to figure out which one of us it is. (laughs) It's not me. Um, but we will, um, be sharing some stories that are specific to Hawaii and look forward to, uh, whatever scenic background you want to put yourself in to just really rub in the fact that wherever you I can are- get
0: Wi-Fi, basically is where I'll be. It Top might of be a lovely. mountain. <laughs> well, you know, uh, from what I understand, I have a, a balcony or a lanai or something. Um, so I'll I'll probably, I know it's, oh, man, it's going to be such a hardship to be there. Um, <laughs> my first vacation in so, so long. I'm so excited to do it. And I love this podcast so much that I am taking time To record from my vacation. So actually, I love my sister this much. So um, and you guys, I do love you guys. Um, a little bit. Uh
1: so let's celebrate Hawaii next week and continue the um theme of travel and vacation because it is an important part of our experience here.
0: Right. Because I will say this that um no one from the other side has come, has stepped forward to anyone who's who's down here struggling and working hard and said. Try harder. They haven't said that. They've been like, take time off. You know, <clears throat> you have like one um, bucket of years, one block of years down here. Enjoy them. Enjoy them. You don't need to list necessarily leave money, money, money behind for your ancestors. Let them earn it. So, or your descendants, sorry, your descendants. Go ahead and earn it. Yeah. <laughs> so, priorities, people, priorities. Anyway. All right. Sans, I love you so much. Thank you, thank you, you, thank you. Um and uh everybody be well this week. Okay. Take care, guys. Bye.